This actor, entertainer, performance artist, and comedian was one of the most hated men in the history of professional wrestling, and we're here to tell you about it. I'm Mark. And I'm Harris. And we'd like to welcome you to Behind the Gorilla, a podcast where we delve into the wild, wacky, and crazy side of professional wrestling. All right. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Behind the Gorilla. And uh, we're back to our original programming. Original recipe, baby. Yeah. We had two, the past two weeks, they've been WrestleMania preview, WrestleMania recap, obviously, it's WrestleMania, gives a break. Plus, I didn't want to do research on the topic, so. No, that's fair. That was part of it. We got but, a lot going on. But, this week, we're back with a topic that I did do some research on, but didn't have to do too much research on, because I'm fairly familiar with it. I'm really excited about this, because I think I know where this is going, but I don't know anything about it. And this is... All right, there were really two things that I got super... Originally with this idea was to try and find these really obscure things that happened in wrestling and kind of talk about them. That didn't really pan out other than our first episode with Dusty's Gorilla. That's kind of the only one. It's like we stumble across some. Yeah, a few, but for the most part, we're just... I mean, these are fairly known things now. Uh Uh-huh. But... And that kind of started with the David Arquette episode because I just really wanted to talk about that. Yeah. This is the same thing. It's... Pretty well known by most people, at least know of it. A lot of people know a couple things of it, um, and then a decent amount of wrestling fans know all of it because it's a very famous uh, situation. But this is another one where I was like, okay, the two that I really wanted to talk about were David Arquette and then this one. So we'll 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 get into it. January seventeenth, nineteen forty nine. On this date, whoa. An entertainer, actor, writer, performance artist, and professional wrestler was born. He was known as a comedian, but thought of himself as more of a performer and entertainer. He didn't like to be labeled as a comedian or an actor. He wanted to, His goal was to control the audience and to make them feel, feel something and react. That's really what he was doing, which is what wrestlers are trying to do. That's what they and, say about Roman Reigns. Yeah. He gets a reaction. He does. He does. Same, yeah, it's he all does. performance art. And uh, so this is kind of what drove him to professional wrestling. The problem was he was 6'1", which is fine height, but he weighed around uh, 150 pounds. Okay. That's like half of Hulk Hogan. So like a stick. Yeah. Like one of Hulk Hogan's like 20-inch pythons. Like I weighed 150 pounds in high school and I'm 5'10". Yeah. And I am not a, I am not a meaty boy. I weigh more than 150 pounds and I'm significantly shorter than 6'1". Yeah. So anyway, definitely not wrestler size, at least not traditionally. Even. No, he's not even a cruiserweight. Yeah, not even. So, but not to be deterred, he came up with the idea to go on talk shows and variety shows and start challenging and wrestling women. He would go on to become one of the most effective heels in wrestling history, and his name was Andy Kaufman. Yes. Yep. Tell me more. Tell me more. I'm here for so, it. So, we'll get. Uh, I'm not really going to talk about all of his achievements in acting or comedy or any of that stuff. We'll, we'll, we'll mostly, we'll pretty much stick to wrestling. But he was really famous for being uh, the character Latka on Taxi, which was a huge show for about five years back in the 70s and early 80s. Um, and then he was a nightclub comic, had different things. There's a great movie about him with Jim Carrey called Man on the Moon. Talks about all that stuff. And a lot of stuff we're going to get into. So, we're, but we're going to skip that and we're going to stick to wrestling. He grew up, <clears throat> Andy Kaufman grew up in Long Island, New York. He was fascinated by the idea of professional wrestling. He really loved watching Nature Boy Buddy Rogers. The original? The original nice. Nature Boy. Okay. Which Ric Flair stole every single thing of his gimmick. Was that with permission though? I always thought there was some I think sort it was. of like, hey, no, I'm I think gonna... it, I think it was. Yeah. But it is like... Nature Boy Buddy Rogers was the exact same thing as Ric right. Flair. He was without, the original Nature without Boy. Without the woo. Right. The only time, the first time I heard of him was a Triple H interview where they asked him if he could like wrestle anybody, who would it be? And he said Buddy Rogers because he's just a big old nerd. Yeah. And he wants to prove how much he loves wrestling. But 
All right. So, so so is Andy Kaufman, apparently. Yeah. So, uh, and what really drew him to Buddy Rogers was the fact that he realized that this guy was trying to get these people to hate him. Mm-hmm. And that fascinated him. He was like, what? Like the fact that Why you would, you would ever try want to do that and, yeah. and get people to hate you, and it fit right in with the way he liked and ended up doing a lot of things. A lot of his stuff was very, I mean, it was performance arts. I remember one uh, one time he literally went to a show at a club, pulled out a copy of F. Scott Fitzgerald's The Great Gatsby, and just and he just read, read it, it. Right? That was he was like the original anti joke. Like yeah, he just yes, exactly. Dare you not? To, like the joke exactly. was that he wasn't doing anything. Exactly. I've heard about this, and would literally read for like two hours. There'd be nobody in the audience. Like they would all have just walked out and left. Yeah, like that was the type of stuff he did, and um, so you know that 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 was kind of it fit in. It fit. So, and yeah, his goal was just to get reactions from people. That's mm-hmm. really all he cared about. And anything he did was just getting some sort of a reaction He's from people. He's just a people. real life heel. Yes. Without the context yes, of wrestling. Yes, pretty much. Uh, one, another great example that I love. Uh, one time he was creating a, a special, like a TV special. And in the middle of like editing or talking about it or something with a bunch of, with several other people, he wanted, he was showing them this footage of him like of his special that he'd made. And at some point the screen like starts to get fuzzy and like, you know, kind of warped, you know, how like old TVs used yeah. to kind of do Yeah. where the bars like going up. Mm-hmm. It started doing that, but uh, he had it do that on purpose because he wanted people to get annoyed and then go like to their TV and start like hitting on it, trying to fix their TV. And everyone in there's like, no, that's a horrible idea. <laughs> <laughs> like that, that was, the way he thought. Fantastic. It's which is just crazy. He's like the ultimate troll. Yeah. Like at the same time. Back when that actually took a fair amount of effort. It wasn't yeah. just being a tool online. <laughs> oh know? no. These were very He's well being a tool in real life and putting a lot of effort into it. <laughs> These were well constructed uh troll jobs. Yeah. Uh so anyway. But with wrestling, he was he was perfect. He started off wrestling women. In just nightclubs and shows. Started off. See, I didn't know he started from that. Yeah, that's what he started with. <laughs> he would challenge anyone in the crowd. He would put mats down on the stage. He would challenge any w- woman in the crowd to come up, and and if they could pin him, they'd win like five hundred dollars or thousand like dollars. Comedy shows and stuff. Yes, right? like stand up yes. comedy shows. I'm using air. Quotes, yeah, the, these like are at say, like nightclubs and, wow. and where performer, you know. At where performers they're not plants are. or anything, right? No, like it's shoot fighting. Uh, there might, I mean, there might have been at some point, but for the most part, did he part, ever no. actually lose? No, guess. he never lost. And it, legitimately, these women would come up, and he would fight. He would insult them. He would just fully play wrestling heel, man. And then he would fight them. And we were talking about this. And and he would pin their shoulder. And his best friend Bob Zamuda would be there, dressed dressed as like a referee. Lovely. And would and would count. You know wow. when he, they would literally almost like real wrestling pinning, where yeah. you have to hold their shoulders on the yeah. ground. And he never lost. He always won. Goodness. See, we were talking about this a little bit beforehand, but this is like this is the point where wrestling was pretty straightforward and taken very seriously. Like For most, the most people part. thought it was a real sport and certain the rules are very the, simple like there, in certain parts of the country it was fully real yeah 100 percent. like it's absolutely it was seen as 100 percent real and the good guys are always a certain way and the bad guys are always a certain way like it's very mm-hmm. clear cut but it was you don't antagonize women like this isn't the attitude no. era where no 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 lita that, is eating a finisher you which know? is what we were talking about a little earlier i mean this was right right at this time it was very much respecting women in these places. That was mm-hmm. a big part of it. Yeah. And so what he was doing was not okay. <laughs> uh, so anyway, these got such huge reactions that he wanted to expand it. He wanted to actually perform in front of a wrestling crowd. Like someone, people who actually were there to see wrestling. That's what he wanted to move to. Wow. So, and the, the wrestling that he grew up watching was... The New York Territory, which was the WWWF and WWF, mm-hmm. yeah. run by Vince McMahon Sr. Whew. So, he went to the WWF and Vince Sr. in, I think it was 1982, mm-hmm. and talked about bringing this act to this territory, doing the same thing in a ring, challenging the women, women and doing that. 
And McMahon was not interested, saying that he didn't want he wouldn't bring show business into professional wrestling. That is so funny to me that Isn't that was that always so, his stance. It's so ironic. And his son just went the exact opposite direction. Yep. That always kills me. His his uh, thought was there's already skepticism creeping in, and he thought and his in his mind. If he now brings an actor so keep, into this, so he's thinking, keep they're it now as, gonna think we're all actors. So he's thinking, keep it as legitimate <laughs> yes. as possible. Oh, Whereas yeah. Vince went the complete opposite direction, was like bring in the actors, yep. bring in Mr. T, exactly. And literally, in, that's really this, funny. This Andy Kaufman thing, three years later in 1985, you get the first WrestleMania mm-hmm. where you have Mr. T and you know Cindy Lauper ends yeah. up being a part and all these people all these celebrities and it, it goes the complete opposite direction. Yeah. Um, I mean he was like way before his time Andy Kaufman. Way be- I mean nowadays yeah. that would be like a gold mine. And that'd be incredible. You kidding me? And it you know that would be like really, the main event spot of WrestleMania. That's a shame that because nobody thinks to make that transition anymore. No. From like full time I mean Ronda Rousey is like the biggest example I can think of. But yeah. even then like she was Kurt involved Angle. There's, yeah, like they were but, involved but in like combat, combat sports. sports. Yeah, it would be like, yeah. I mean, just imagine like John Mulaney says, "No, I really want to be like GM of Monday Night Raw. Yeah. Like I've always wanted to be in wrestling. Like that's just weird. It's not really a pop culture destination anymore. You know? No, I mean, it, it was for a while they did the anonymous GM, and it, but it was kind of used as like a promotional thing, right. like like going on a late night talk show. Right, and that's how most like celebrity appearances work, and some right. work better than others. Like Some people are more willing to get into it. Yeah, of course. But yeah, no, that's really cool that yeah, this was like this, an aspirational thing for him. This is a full-blown, world-famous actor at this point for this, yeah. from this TV show, and he's now going into this world of wrestling, or trying to anyway. Right. So, anyway, Vince, Vince Sr. says no, and then, he so needing a platform, Andy turned to one of his friends, famous wrestling reporter and photographer Bill Apter. I'm sure you've heard of, world famous reporter and, and okay. photographer for wrestling for decades. And uh, Apter was friends with Jerry Lawler, and he mentioned Memphis wrestling, and so he gave Andy Jerry's number, and Andy called Jerry Lawler, and. Jerry Lawler was like, world famous actor that everyone knows. Yes, absolutely, one hundred percent. Now, and, and for a little background with Memphis wrestling, Memphis wrestling was really the first place where kind of show business and wrestling kind of mixed. Really? Even kind of before, not maybe not necessarily even show business, but just kind of like more of a showy style of wrestling. Yeah. It was still very serious and very sports. But there was there was a you know there was a lot more gimmicks that were used. That, Jerry that type the of King stuff. Lawler. Yeah, it yeah. was it was still it was very gimmicky. More theatrical. I mean that's okay. where Kamala. He Jerry Lawler's the guy who found and created the character of Kamala, the Ugandan giant who was a cannibal. Like, yeah. <laughs> which was I a never huge. Knew that. That's really funny. So. Uh, Anyway, so that it, it fits perfectly yeah. with you if you look back at kind of the history. I mean, it was a perfect fit. So Andy Kaufman comes down, uh, you know, meets with Jerry Lawler. Jerry Lawler's like, yes, and they start getting these kind of kind of his character down, and and they start recording these promos. And what he kind of, it was really what he started doing was just making fun of memphis pretty much making fun of the south and all the people there right and then he would go you know on their saturday shows and monday night shows the monday night was their big house show because back then tv was an advertisement mm-hmm. and the, the house shows were the that actual the, that event. Was the show yeah. so saturday morning they would do an hour-long show with some matches and stuff but was really to promote monday night yeah so he would come into the Memphis Coliseum and the place would be sold out because everyone hated him. Yeah. And he'd come in the ring, m- straight up cut heel promos on everyone there and challenge a woman to come down. And they would come down and he would beat them <laughs> again. And he would offer money and stuff and yeah. he would beat them. Man. 
And in between these, because he wasn't doing this every week. Right. You know, because he still was doing other stuff. That's amazing. He would, but what he, what they did do, him and Jerry Lawler would record these, you know, they'd record a bunch of them at once, these, mm-hmm. these promos. And they're some of the greatest heel promos you'll ever see in I your think life. it's really great. I, I think it's funny that we're approaching this from like the behind the scenes, like then he called Jerry Lawler and they worked it all yeah. out because this is when wrestling was real. Oh, yeah. Like I've heard about this and it took people years to figure oh, out that oh. this was even a work at all. Oh, it, t- it was at least 10 years till like after Andy Kaufman died. Right. That any of this So this ever isn't even, which is dedication, by the way. So this isn't like... This is one thing I hate about modern wrestling, and I get that it is the way it is, and this is the way I watch it too. Whenever something happens, you immediately think of it from a storytelling perspective. Like you zoom out immediately. Instead of being absorbed by the story, you're immediately like, oh, that's stupid without letting it play out. Or, oh, that's brilliant without seeing what else they do with it. Yep. You know? And back then, it wasn't... Oh, this is great heel work. It's no, no. This guy is legitimately fighting my wife, and yes. I want to kill him. Yes, that's amazing. And but but the biggest, the best thing were the promos. He would be in oh, like because he did him a lot of them in studio, and he would sit there, and he and the whole thing was he was in Hollywood, so he couldn't be there right. all the time. Right, he's a part timer because he's he's a Hollywood star. Right, he can't be associating himself with these people from Memphis, of course. And the greatest, the greatest one he ever did, which um, we'll I'll put it up here and show you guys. So here, go ahead and just take a listen to this. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Andy Kaufman, as of course most of you know. Uh, I have a lot of unfinished business in the South. First and foremost in my mind is taking care of that dumb hillbilly Jerry Lawler. I really want to take care of him. That's most important to me but I'm going to put that on the back burner for now. And I want to talk to you people out there, you people who live down here in the South, in the good old South portion of the United States, okay? I want to talk to you, and I want to help you. Every week, I'm going to be coming on here, on this station, and I'm going to give you little tips about how you can better your lives and how I can bring you up from the level that you're in right now and bring you up from the squalor that you're living in, the gutter and the garbage that your lives are. I thought he was trash as hell. This is a bar of soap. Now, does it look familiar to any of you? I know that you probably don't know what this is. I probably, you haven't ever seen one of these before, but it is called soap. Matter of fact, if you're sitting at home now, you can maybe kind of repeat after me and say, soap. Say soap, S-O-A-P, soap. Not soap, not soap. It's soap, okay? I mean, none of that stuff was true that he was talking about. We use soap down here. You people, you, your hands are so greasy and slimy. I mean, I, I, I don't want to shake them. You know, you ask me for an autograph, I'll sign you an autograph. But please, don't put out your hand and shake it until you can wash your hands. Now, this is what you do. Wet your hands, okay? Then wet the soap. Wash the soap, rub it on your hands, and rub it around, and your hands will get clean. Well, do I look dirty? Low down. No good for nothing. You're just an asshole, as far as I'm concerned. He didn't have no place down here. Now, you ladies out there, this is a razor. I'm not a a southern hillbilly. (laughs) Hair looks terrible when it grows out of a woman's armpit or on a woman's leg. And let me tell you something, you ladies, I have been down traveling around the South, I see you in your shorts, and I see some of the hairiest legs. Where have you people been raised? You take a razor and you shave, you shave under the armpits, and you shave up the leg like this, you see? And it made a lot of my friends mad. I believe they hated Andy Kaufman. You probably may not be aware of this, but this is a very big problem in the South. Foul, foul smell in the air. Just take a whiff right now. As you're watching me, just go. Take a whiff. You smell that? Oh, it's terrible. Ladies and gentlemen, this is toilet paper. Calls us rednecks, said we don't take showers, uh, don't know how to brush our teeth. You don't like my house, stay out. It is sold. All you got to do is buy it and use it. Now, you people should use it, and I'll tell you, I guarantee you, 
but that will stop the foul smell. It will bring the smell up to a level so that at least the air will, in the south will be almost breathable. If I saw that guy walking down the street right now, I'd just, I'd kick his ass. That's amazing. Yeah, that is possibly the greatest heel promo ever. And you take into account, this was real. Wrestling was real. All this was, everything yeah. Andy Kaufman said was genuine mm -hmm. to these people. Like, this is what he thought and what other, and that is the, that was the way a lot of the world thinks of the South. Right. And that's, and that's still more importantly, kind of a way that, that's, that is looked at. More importantly, that's the way the South thinks a lot of people feel about yes. the South. Yes. So it it's is. both. Mm -hmm. And it's just the perfect, in the version we just saw there, you know, intercutting it with yeah. clips of people at wrestling shows saying, no, I don't like that at all. Like, yeah. We use soap down here. Like, it's right. great. It's so great. <laughs> it's incredible. Oh, uh, it, it's it's so good. So, so I mean, he was constantly doing promos like that. And it got so bad at one point where mm -hmm. the station was calling Jerry Lawler and was saying, we can't air these anymore <laughs> because people are threatening to burn the station down. <laughs> How amazing is that? That's so amazing. That's some classic, like, want to fight the heel in a bar after the match oh, kind of stuff. It's the perfect type of heat. Man. Andy Kaufman, and if you've ever seen him, like, just, just go right now and pull up a picture Whew. of Andy Kaufman. Like, he's the most dorkish little twerp yeah. you could ever see. The way he sounds, the way he looks, everything about him, you just want to... He has where you just want to like punch him in the He's face. He's got a real punchable face. He does. Yeah. And so that was part of it. Mm -hmm. So kind of he was doing all this. He's getting a lot of heat. And Jerry was kind of like, well, I want to get some rub off of this. Like of this famous guy is real hot. Yeah. So, you know, during one of the women's uh, wrestling matches, which I do believe, I believe this one was probably staged. Andy Kaufman, after winning... Just kept kind of rubbing her face in the ground. And he like wouldn't get off, wouldn't uh -huh. let her alone. And okay. so Lawler jumps in, kind of shoves him off. Excellent. Well, now, now when Andy Kaufman's talking, he keep he kind of peppers in, and Jerry Lawler needs to mind his own business, right? And stay out of here just a little bit. And he mentions not it in, a lot. Yeah. Just kind of throws it in there, and it just slowly escalates. More interactions happen yeah. more things happen just slowly gets bigger and bigger and bigger till where that's kind of the feud and it's just building to this point where these fans just want to see jerry lawler who's their conquering hero yeah destroy andy kaufman it is just the perfect build of anything yeah and they finally build to a match um at the memphis coliseum in like their biggest show ever now this took Jerry Lawler had to convince Andy Kaufman to do this because Andy Kaufman had no inkling of ever doing anything other than wrestling women. Right, because he's, he, do, he, he's another, just doing this to be a troll. Yeah, and another thing I forgot to mention, he, he, he was doing this after he won a whole bunch. He started proclaiming himself as the intergender champion. I was going to ask about this. He's got that a was belt, what he called right? himself. I don't remember if he had a belt but or he, not. Was, but he, yeah, the he would call himself the yeah. intergender champion. Amazing. But then, you know, so when Jerry mentioned we should have a match, he was kind of like, no, I'm, I can't wrestle. You know, I'm, I'll get right. hurt. He's like, I, I, I don't belong. You know, I don't yeah. belong in that. But Jerry's like, no, no, no. Look, Andy, all it is, it's all the buildup. He's like, mm -hmm. we can do whatever we want during the match to get out of it. He's yeah. like, it's not a, you know, that's easy. So, you know, once he got that, that's what the buildup was. And it was building to this. So Memphis Coliseum, you get Jerry Lawler and Andy Kaufman in the ring, finally, you have Andy Kaufman just mouthing off at Jerry Lawler saying, I'm from Hollywood. <laughs> you don't have, like, the mental capability to beat me. That's amazing. I'm so much smarter that than you. That is amazing. And he's just basically running around like a chicken around the ring, avoiding Jerry Lawler. Right. To the point where Jerry Lawler then gets on the mic and just starts, you know, just starts giving it to him wow. on the mic saying, you are a piece of crap chicken and you know all this stuff crowd going crazy yeah just going nuts so finally finally jerry lawler gets his hands on andy kaufman crowd going ballistic yeah picks him up slams him on the mat andy's just like laid just, out just dead crowd going crazy jerry lawler then goes picks him up 
puts his head between his legs and drops him with a pile driver. <laughs> Out, I mean, and it is a heck of a pile. It is a jumping pile driver. Like he jumps in okay, the air. Okay, so this is not a tombstone because it's the no. This 70. is a sit out. Yeah, you power kill a pile driver. Crowd That's unglued. Awesome. <laughs> he then stands up. Andy Kaufman has not moved. Right. He is on the ground. <laughs> Lawler stands up, points at Kaufman, picks him up again, hits him with a second pile driver. <laughs> Andy. Andy is lying, just spread eagle, right, motionless. And then at, for some reason, Lawler gets disqualified. I don't know. Maybe you know. I know there's the ref. I think it's because I don't know. I don't know how the rules necessarily in wrestling were at the time because right. wrestling has had very different forms of rules, mm-hmm. and now there are none. But there were, you know. Right. The, so anyway, Lawler was disqualified. Match was over. Classic. Kaufman is has not moved. About 10 minutes go by. Like, he won't move. It gets to the point where Jerry Lawler is kind of, you know, after a match, you know, you get the the cheers of the crowd. Uh-huh. And all that. Well, eventually, that kind of starts to die down. Right. Kaufman still hasn't moved. So, Lawler's like, okay, we're done. Like, he tells, this, tells the ref, go over, Tony Kaufman, we're done. Get him up and help him up to the back. So the ref goes over and talks to him. And Kaufman's still motionless. Mm-hmm. And he kind of, you know, just talking to him. And he comes back to Jerry and says, he says he wants an ambulance. Jerry's like, what? No, he's not hurt. He doesn't need an ambulance. He goes, no, tell him to get up and go. And besides, an ambulance costs like $300. I'm not paying. No, just get him up. He's not even hurt. Where would they even take him? He can't go to the hospital. So he's like, no, tell him no. And so the ref goes back over, talks to him, comes back, and he goes, he says he'll pay for it. So then Jerry's like, all right, sure, call the ambulance. So another 15 minutes goes by while they wait on an ambulance. And wow. Andy has not moved. And by wow. this point, his, like, girlfriend are down there. His friend Bob Zamuda are now down there. They're all, like, down. All the Andy people are, like, mm-hmm. down there. And he has not moved. Ambulance comes, strapped to a stretcher, pulled in, put in the ambulance. This is taken to a hospital. He stays there for three days. This is the original stretcher job right here. Yes. That's incredible. In the I hospital. I never knew that. For three days, had all the tests, CAT scans, MRI, all of it, whatever they had was done. And it was out that he had a broken neck. Somehow, with the doctors or whatever, it was then out that he had a broken neck. And so that was the story. Wow. And it was all over the place. It was all that is over the absolutely place. Absolutely incredible. He's doing. I think he was like doing interviews from like the hospital bed, talking about and stuff. Basically saying like he regretted ever getting in the ring and all this stuff. Like you know he knew wow. he had no business in there and all this stuff. And, that is a and you know stupid he, amount of dedication to and wrestling. That's I know. incredible. And it was this whole thing where like anyway, and and Lawler didn't go and see him. They did not talk after right. that. There was no communication at all. So then, you know, some time goes by. I'm not sure exactly how long, but some time goes by. You know, Andy's back in L.A., you know, doing whatever he was doing. And all of a sudden, Jerry gets a phone call from Andy Kaufman saying, Hey, uh, Jerry, they, they're having me on Letterman, and they wanted you there too. Do you want to be on Letterman? Jerry's like, uh... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of this stuff I got, I mean, I, I've, I've watched a lot of stuff um, there, you know, there's stuff in the movie, but where I got mostly information is from Stone Cold's podcast, the Steve Austin show. Yeah. Jerry Lawler was a guest on it. Oh, on I'm going to have to listen to this. Back in 2013. Oh, I'm like, dig this up. I think it's, it was like the third and fourth episode ever of the Steve wow. Austin See, show. See, cause I don't like, I don't, I don't subscribe to it, but whenever he yeah. has a good guest, I'll dig that up. That sounds amazing. It's inc- It's great. It's great. I mean, he talks about the Kamala story. He talks about a lot of, it's great. Okay. But there's a whole thing for like 40 minutes where he's talking about all the Andy Kaufman stuff. So a lot of the stuff that I, you know, that I know about it came from Jerry Lawler talking about it. Uh-huh. And um, so, you know, so he goes to, you know, goes there, goes to the David Letterman show and doesn't talk to Andy. But they, so they get there and, you know, they film the show at like 5.30 or whenever in the afternoon. Yeah. Well, they meet like at 10 a.m. or something to like go over the show. Mm-hmm. So he showed up to that and Andy wasn't there. And they said Andy didn't want to be with you. 
okay. he didn't want to be here. Like, he didn't want to be in the same room with you. Right. And so, you know, Jerry's like, okay, what, you know, whatever. So he, they go through the thing, and the original idea was for them to, like, be hostile towards each other. Right. They had, like, the clip of the pile driver and stuff. And by the, at the same time... And he's still in a neck brace yeah. at this point. Yeah, that's this what is I was like a ask. month I think later. I heard about this. He's still in a neck brace. Also, so the whole thing was him to like be antagonistic in like the first segment, uh-huh. and then in the second segment, them to like apologize to each other, and then Andy was supposed to like sing a song. Okay. And so you know Jerry's like, all right, whatever. I'm just here. Sure, right. Just get more eyeballs. And um, so then he, you know, that was it. Well, then he said, like, later in the day, he gets a phone call at his hotel, and it's Andy Kaufman. And so Andy's basically saying, so what do you think? And he's like, well, you know, I mean, it'll probably be funny, but it kind of ruins our angle, kind of puts an end to it. And he's like, yeah, I know. I was thinking that, too. And then there's a pause, he said. And then Andy says, man... Wouldn't it be great if you just hauled off and slugged me? And Jerry's like, well, yeah, but, I mean, they'd probably arrest me. Right. And then there's no way they would show it. So, you know, that that was kind of thought. And Andy's just like, yeah, you're probably right. But wouldn't it be great? Wouldn't it be great? And that was it. That was the end of the conversation. Oh, they did not man. speak again. That's incredible. Un- at all. They did not speak again. This is so, like, the level of commitment that he has to not show up in the morning yep. so everyone like letterman and everyone is like wow these guys really hate each other like kaufman won't even show up to be in the same room with them like mm-hmm. that's amazing exactly so they don't have it they have no idea what's no. going on no Man. so they go to the show and you know the first segment they're both sitting there at you know with david letterman and they're kind of being, you know, and he's still kind of saying, you know, I had no business being in the ring, all this stuff. I didn't realize I'd get hurt, you know, all this things. And, and Jerry, it was like, yeah, I felt like I had to defend myself. All this, you know, they're all saying, making fun of it, saying yeah. all these things. Cause even Letterman was kind of insinuating that it wasn't real right. Everyone's got on the show. Cause he's like, you know, Letterman saying things like, well, it, you know, it's a show and it's a the performance in, and all this the stuff. The inferiority complex in the South and in wrestling yeah. fans is actually very similar. I'm yeah. realizing. <laughs> it is. It is. It fits perfectly. <laughs> so Lawler was kind of like, you know, I felt like I had to defend this. Right. And, and, you know, show him what this was like and all this, you know. And, uh, you know, so that kind of went back and forth and it kind of escalated a little bit. Well, then it kind of got to the point where letterman's like so jerry you think you owe andy an apology and he said then he goes i don't know why i said it but i went no not really (laughs) and (laughs) jerry was saying and so lawler says that was when i kind of realized that letterman was a little in over his head yeah this is what he He said this is where letterman realized where he misjudge this situation and then so and andy's been antagonistic this whole time too being uh-huh. like i could have sued you for all your worth right and i didn't because i'm not that kind of guy and all this stuff like that like it is escalate it's very awkward That's if you incredible. watch this clip which actually you know what here let, let me let me just play a little bit all right of this clip of the letterman show with jerry lawler and andy Kaufman. you just got to listen to some of this um, I, I, I just don't think that there was any, it wasn't really called for to do, you could have, I could have been killed, well, and I could have been, had my neck broken. But on the other yeah. hand, I mean, uh, you, nobody actually forced you into the ring, you know? That's right, I don't come out here and try to do stand-up comedy or anything like that, you know, I'm a wrestler, you're a comedian. If you were the man you that know. you think that you are, then you'd apologize. If you're the man that you think that say you because you're always talking about being a sportsman and how you're such. A I great never say athlete. anything about being a sportsman. Let me. Let me. Well, I thought that you're. I thought you're an ath- professional athlete. You, you could. You're always talking about sportsmanship and and sportsmanship isn't just to isn't right. to, to go in the ring. Athlete. And if it's a professional athlete, you're a comedian. Sport, you should stay telling jokes sport. and things like that. You don't stay have to go in the ring. Yeah. Well, I was going in the ring and this is something that I was doing and it, it was no reason as to hurt joke, me. As a joke. Right. It's yeah, not a joke. Well, to as me. a joke. Yeah. Yeah, it's well, not a joke. Well, it wasn't. I, it wasn't a joke. Did to you me. laugh after when you were laying in the hospital? It was a joke then? No, it wasn't. But there wasn't any reason to, to purposely hurt me. You could have proven the point by just okay. by just beating me. Let you, me uh, you want to prove what a big man you are? Let me. Uh, 
Um, let me let me just uh, clear up one point here. There are a lot of people uh, watching who probably view wrestling as being uh, a show, a display, a demonstration, uh, and and this may be as the pinnacle uh, representation of that. It was this thing fixed or rigged? Are you guys really friends? Is it was it no, a scam? No, not at all. I, I, I can warm up to this guy. We were cremated together. No, <laughs> he is a wimp. That's exactly what he thought. He thought that's what he thought about wrestling. He thinks it's all a big joke, a big fix, or whatever. And and then uh, you're right. There are a lot of people that think that. Well, the, well, there's and you're just trying to prove a point because I was a Yankee and I heard this from so many people and members. I was going down there and because there you believed all that like stuff that I was. There are a lot of people that think that. And he was one of them. Mm -hmm. And I did to Andy and exactly what I would like to do to you, everybody that thinks that you way. You're lucky I didn't sue you. It was, yeah. it was a chance to show him exactly what would it's really now, like. If there were, would you? Really because like. let me tell you something. My father said, my father said, my manager said, they all said that I had a right. I could have gotten a lawyer and I could have sued you for what you did and I didn't. And I just, all I want is an apology. Even you asked me last time I was on your show if I, if I was uh, going to have a that's lawsuit. Right. And I yeah. could have sued you. I could have sued you for everything you're worth. Well, and I didn't because that's, I'm not that kind of a guy. Yeah. You know what? Uh, what kind of a guy are you? We're going to uh, pause here for station yeah, I... identification, get the hose out here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. That's that's amazing. The... I mean, they both have to be just so on. Well, you know, you know? Jerry is. I mean, just from yeah. commentating. I mean, he is there. You yeah. know, he doesn't do any prep work when he call when he ever called raw or anything he did yeah. he just showed up J you know jr had all the stuff the play-by-play -play, the notes all the stuff Waller would show up and react just to in things the I, that's amazing i mean he's so quick-witted i mean he was a great talker i mean he's a great yeah. talker i mean he's fantastic yeah and like it's just like i was saying watching this like that doesn't work if andy kaufman is not really really good at what he does like he is all in you know that's incredible. That's all. Like it might as well be a shoot at that. Yeah. Point, you know. And you know, like I said, they did not talk other than right. saying, "Wouldn't this be interesting?" Like, all right. We're just. And so they show that's up. Amazing. It just builds, and the, just, it just the tension is building, and yeah. it's it's a real tension. Yeah. It doesn't. It none of it seems like there's a no, show. Like, there's no scripted not, beats or like at this point no. it's going to turn like they're just they go in they're and they not say, okay playing it up either no. they're trying to downplay it yeah that's why it seems so real yeah and then it's just slowly builds like you would almost in a real situation where mm -hmm. it just gets to the point where you tried to keep it down so much that then it explodes mm -hmm. and each one explodes differently mm -hmm. Terry Lawler turns around and just slaps the taste out of Andy Kaufman knocks him off the chair yeah and so so again this from Jerry Lawler talking about it he said he didn't even like he doesn't even remember doing it <laughs> like to, to him it was like an outer like it's like watching a different person that's incredible when he watches it and he said he just it's one of those things where it just he looked over and he tried to kind of give Kaufman an idea of what he was about to do and then just hit him. And he said, at that point, the music stopped playing. There was like a, <gasps> from everyone there, like nobody yeah. knew what to do. He was then like escorted off, like into like the green room or whatever, like away. And then he said, normally there's like a couple minute break between for the commercial break. Mm -hmm. So he said it, it was like a 15 minute break. That's and he had no amazing. idea what was going on. Right. He was just sitting there. Right. And then he said, all of a sudden, like, you know. He said a worker kind of poked his head in and said, uh, Mr. Lawler. And he goes, this guy probably thought I was going to kill him. Yeah. Because he's like, this is the first time anyone had ever, uh, I was the first person to ever strike another guest on a talk show. Yeah. So he's like, uh, they want you back on if, if you're, you want to come. And he's like, oh well, yeah. I'll he's going to give this out. poor intern a pile drive. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so he That's comes amazing. back on the show and he said, Andy wasn't there. You know, Andy's off to the side, right. not coming in. And so, you know, Dave's like, Andy, are you coming? And he goes, no, I'm not coming because if I will, I'm going to say words you can't use on TV. So they come back and then, you know, it's like what we what we saw yeah. there. He's wow. comes in and then all of a sudden he comes in and just starts a barrage of the most foul language you could ever possibly use. And the big deal with that is Andy Kaufman never swore. Wow. Ever. And he said, and like, that was like, 
the 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 topper. That's how you knew it like, was real. This was real. He's actually wow. Right. Like he did not use bad language at all. Man. So then to do that was like the ultimate. Cherry on top of the whole thing. That is absolutely well. No, incredible. that's like the icing. Then the cherry was in then throwing the coffee at yeah. at Jerry Lawler. That's man. Like you can't and you can't create something that interesting. No, by like scripting it. Nope. You know, like that's because he's he's perfect. Jerry Lawler is perfect. Basically, just being himself, like kind of playing it all by ear. Even Letterman is amazing because yeah. he's. It's totally thrown it. off. You watch that clip. Like, he keeps trying to rein it back in, and Kaufman keeps cutting him off. And it's not super obvious, but he's very intentionally, like, with the benefit of hindsight, you can tell he's not letting him, like, regain control of the Mm-mm. conversation. No. That's so funny. And Letterman has a couple, you know, he has these little quips that are absolutely Perfectly not timed. scripted. Like, it, right. Like, you don't find anything this realistic in wrestling now. Because it is also scripted. So even if you have something fun like, you know, um, Bob Barker showing up on an episode of Raw. Which was great. And those can be like fun segments, but there's never any, I don't want to say life to them, but like aspect of realism to any feuds in wrestling. There's no realism in, you know, in heels and wrestling. Nobody's willing to do that. So that's exactly what this was. Yeah. And it's just, it's. Just the commitment there's level. So, there's something like it's one thing to be a good wrestler in the ring, and it's a whole other thing to know what your character is and embody it so well. Like we were talking about this before we started recording, but Samoa Joe gives some of the best promos in WWE today because everything he says feels very, very real. Yep. Like if they script him, it's very loosely, and he's pretty much just flying by the seat of his pants every time mm-hmm. or at least it appears that yes way. and it's not it's not only that oh what he's saying is super real like he's clearly thought through okay what am i doing right now what are my motivations what am i thinking of like it's so clear that this is a fleshed out character mm-hmm. and not just somebody reading you know bullet points and this was back you know this this stuff was back when it was real to begin with anyway but they did such a good job of like preserving that because you know this could have gone off the rails and just been the hokiest thing ever and it right. really wasn't no because you know jerry lawler is playing a version of himself all the time anyway so he's mm-hmm. already in the character yep and andy kaufman does this for a living he's literally always in the character like that that's incredible to me i'd never seen all of that before but yeah that's awesome so so yeah so this was you know this was huge and then so right after he throws the coffee then security kind of comes out and escorts Jerry out. Mm-hmm. And he's kind of like, what are they doing? They arrested me? Like what? Yeah. And, and, and then they get in the elevator and he said, the security guard tells him, man, I just need to get you away from that guy. That guy's, that guy's nuts. He goes, that guy's crazy, man. And I, you know, we need to get you out of here before he does something nuts and tries to have you arrested or something. So he okay. then leaves, goes back to his hotel room, doesn't hear anything. Uh-huh. And he's mad at this point. Cause he's, he was mad at that rant by Kaufman because he's like okay well they're obviously going to show this slap because they brought us back on right but now now it's never going to now you're ruining it That's and funny. so that was his thought yeah so then you know 11 30 comes around he turns the tv on and they show the whole thing Man. in its entirety and then doing the little woo yeah, noises really on there just as perfect it's that's that's a great touch and then he said within 10 minutes of it airing his phone blew up and this is not phone as in now, like literally just started yes, ringing. Yes, it was his hotel room. Yeah. Yeah. And he said everything, New York Times, New Yorker, That's like the post, the post, all of it, calling him, all the front page of the New York Times the next day, massive. I mean, it's still considered like one of the top 50, like biggest moments in television history. Yeah. Like, you know, and number one's like the Beatles appearance. On right. Like, no, I've, yeah. Like I've heard about it outside of the context of yeah. wrestling. Like it's huge. Yeah. And so, you know, this just exploded and this was kind of the pinnacle, I guess you could say of their feud, but it went on for another like year and a half Yeah. where he would just keep coming back and they'd keep doing different variations of matches. They were doing different gimmick matches. Like mm-hmm. they would do like a boxing match where Kaufman said he was trained by Muhammad Ali and is now coming back for this. Brilliant. I mean, you know, he would hire other wrestler, other heel wrestlers and then he paid them to be of his course. bodyguards Brilliant. and stuff and then That's they'd lovely. like 
trap Jerry Lawler. Then he'd come in and, and slap him in the face. You know, stuff mm-hmm. like that. Like, just, you know, this is wrestling 101 at this oh, point. Oh, yeah. And it was all just fantastic. It was huge. He also had a big thing kind of near the end of it with Jimmy Hart, where there's this big feud with him and Jimmy Hart, which you talk about two little pipsqueaks, mm-hmm. it, you know, which is hysterical. Them even trying to, like, fight, do anything physical is just great. And then it ended up where they were actually working together to get Jerry Lawler in the end. That was, yeah. like, the payoff of that thing, like a big double turn. Swerve. And this went on up until Andy Kaufman eventually then – he some he got this rare form of lung cancer mm-hmm. and then ended up dying like within months. And basically this all this wrestling stuff went right up to when he got cancer. That's crazy. Like so he he was not going to stop. Like this yeah. was not there was no end of this. Yeah. This was just his thing. Cuz that's what he always wanted to be. That's he was dedication. a heel wrestler. He that's said amazing. He said that was his dream in life was to be a heel wrestler. That's so cool. And so, and he got to do it and was by far the most hated person probably in wrestling. Definitely in the history of Memphis. Yeah. The most hated person. That's incredible. And, yeah, so, I mean, that that's, that's, that's pretty, pretty much it. That's the story of Andy Kaufman. My dream is that, because you said, I mean, people didn't figure out that this was a work until, like, after he died. Oh, they yeah. Were in on no, it no, 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 no. This was all... I mean, he everything he did was a work. Yeah, that's so true. even at the point where, uh, where when he got cancer and called Jerry Lawler to tell them, tell him Jerry Lawler was like, Andy, that's not funny. <laughs> like, Man. knock it off. Because because think about it. Yeah. I mean, nothing was real with this guy. Yeah. So you know he had to convince like his friends that yep. he had cancer. Yeah, he's like, guys, seriously, I'm. Because if there was ever any, and then even after he died, people are like, yeah, everyone but... thought he wasn't actually dead man like for a while because i mean think about it he's the ultimate conspiracy he's the ultimate troll yeah if there was ever anyone who would fake their own death it would be andy kaufman absolutely so that was kind of a whole thing with that and the whole life of andy kaufman is beautifully portrayed in the movie man on the moon with jim carrey i've heard full method i've heard good things about being andy kaufman so much so like he was always andy kaufman course when he showed well, up how on else set, would he was andy how else can you do that? i know that's and, what he would have wanted and jerry lawler is in the movie as himself they reshoot all the scenes they reshoot the letterman scene with david letterman and jerry lawler. i was gonna ask who played jerry lawler jerry lawler of course jerry lawler would play the younger yeah. version of himself and he's but the backwards thing was for some reason and i think because i just they just came out with the netflix documentary of jim and andy yeah where for the first time Jim Carrey is talking about that period of him being Andy Kaufman because he was the worst person ever. He yeah. was the worst person ever to work with in the, on that movie. Like the director, no one, because he was just being, think of working with Andy right. Kaufman. He was actually being Andy but Kaufman. But think of working with someone who's being Andy Kaufman. Because Andy Kaufman was not like that all the time. Right. Him and Jerry Lawler were friends. They were they were talking back. They were sitting there working on promos together, working on editing the stuff, like right. which nobody knew about. But they mm-hmm. they were, you know, Andy wasn't like this all the time. Well, Jim is like is, was being that all the time. It's even worse. And to the point where, for some reason, he was under the impression that he hated Jerry Lawler. So he was constantly the worst person ever to Jerry Lawler. Wow. Which Lawler couldn't get because he's like, does he not know? Yes, We not. were actually friends. But I think, do his research. I think in that documentary, he talks about where he was like, he knew that, but he was doing it anyway just to stay in whatever the character just think, was. No, it doesn't make sense. And so, but I mean, everyone hated him. It was at the point where he really, and he wanted to do everything Andy did. So when they were mm-hmm. shooting the fight, the wrestling scene, the the studio and everything wouldn't let him take the pile driver. Right. Even though, you know, and like he had like tried to get Lawler, like he was talking to them like beforehand, was trying to get like Lawler in with like the insurance people and everything to like convince him that he could do it. Well, I was like, yeah, I've never heard anyone apologize before. He's like, I could do it. But they wouldn't, then they wouldn't allow it. Yeah. So, you know, they were in this, the shot with, you know, a thousand extras and, you know, the arena and had the thing. And, you know, they would do the whole thing and then he'd, you know, get him ready for the pile driver. They'd cut, bring in the stunt double, pile drive him, and replace. And they did it so many times, the crowd started booing Jim Carrey. Classic wrestling. He started being like a wrestling, wrestling crowd. And so he started getting mad and then. He tried to get Jerry Lawler to actually pile drive him, and you know it, it didn't happen. And then uh, Jerry, and then that's like, disappointing. Carrie snapped at him, and just like went 
off like to where there was like an actual altercation where Jerry Lawler was like, like well, he's that, spitting his face and then Lawler was like no and like grabs him that and seems like, appropriate doesn't it so it was like this big thing I know but it all fits but just you talk about one of the craziest lives of anybody ever just yeah. Andy Kaufman man man that's be- wrestling is wild man you don't get much like that anymore it's it's insane I pray that in 20 years we'll get an interview like that with Conor McGregor <laughs> ooh that would be good I'd be down <laughs> I still think it's it's possible. We've been desensitized to so much. Nothing seems real. <laughs> so dude, all I'm saying, I'm interested in watching him fight again. Me too. And I was a lot more interested in 223 after he attacked a bus. Yeah, me too. Me too. It's all a work. It's all a work. But yeah, that's the uh, that's the story of Andy Kaufman. That is absolutely incredible. And yeah. I'm really glad I got to hear the whole story. And I'd wanted to do that pretty much since the beginning. That was one of the ones that came to that mind. That is easily the, like, the best thing we'll ever talk about on this show. Because pro- our unofficial tagline is all of like, the worst moments in wrestling. Like but the not, embarrassing not, no, moments. No, it's not. It's the, embar- it's the moments you, that it's hard to explain to your friends while you yeah. watch wrestling. But that's awesome. Like, but that's it's really, really just one. the crazy part of wrestling. Yeah, that's that, true. That's really what... That's true. I think I know it, but it's like there's a Judy Bagwell on a forklift match, <laughs> right? And then there's Andy Kaufman fighting your wife, you know, like mm-hmm. yeah, that. There, and you get them both difference. in wrestling, and that's why it's so great. <laughs> like honestly, that's awesome. It's true. Really good stuff. Yeah, so that that's gonna be it for uh, for that show. Uh, we'd like to welcome you back to our regular program. This is what the show is about. So. If you have any comments or thoughts on this episode or any of our other episodes, please feel free to let us know on Twitter at behind underscore gorilla. Um, or you could tweet me at Marky Mark Brand or Harris. I'm at Harris Wilson. And uh, if you want, if you enjoy the show, be sure, and, or even if you don't, be sure to leave a comment. I guess. On iTunes. Leave a rating and comment. Those definitely help. Um Give us suggestions if you want yeah. us to cover something in the future. Yep. Feel free to tweet us suggestions of anything you might want us to cover. Uh, we are always up for someone else doing work for us. <laughs> <laughs> so feel free to do that. Um, yeah, uh, I'd like to thank all, of, all the followers that follow the page and that do tweet us. We love all you guys and we love, love doing it. It's been a lot of fun. This is the uh, ninth episode. So. All right. Nine weeks in. Got to have a good already. one for 10. Man, pressure's yeah, on. That's going to be Harris. I think Her- uh, I got some ideas. Okay. We'll okay. see what, uh, what has the most potential. There's one that I it, it keeps coming to mind, and I keep forgetting about it. And every time we start to record, I think, oh, I need to do that. <laughs> I think next week might be the week, but we'll All see. Right. I'll definitely, well, we'll definitely find out. Regardless, it'll be something that you won't forget, most likely, because this stuff is nuts. It's definitely true. So, yeah. So, so again, that's it. Follow us at behind underscore gorilla. Review, rate, comment on iTunes or Google Play, although nobody really uses that, so iTunes is fine. And uh, yeah, take it easy, and we'll see you guys next week. Take care.